Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How will the Cowboys look and what can they do for an encore after their performance just a week ago? This is the opportunity for you to get riled up on the Dallas Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow Tom at Tom Ryle BTB. You can hit me up at RW3 on the Twitter sphere. And of course, you can follow all the great content at Blogging the Boys. We are powered by our friends at SB Nation. Always fantastic daily content going up there for you. Several blogs per day following everything that's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. And we even got two podcasts for you daily coming out that you can enjoy. That'll keep you updated and post on everything going on with the Dallas Cowboys. And Tom, before we do our usual, because the Cowboys continue to answer so many questions that have come their way up to this point. And it seems like they're in a prime position to do even more of that on Sunday. As we sit here, we're about two thirds of the way through the season. You were the one that you know, alluded to that before we spoke here in the pre-show about, hey, you know, I was like, yeah, I guess we're kind of two-thirds, uh, three-quarters of the way. No, no, no. We're two-thirds. Tom's done the math. At this point of the season, are we scoreboard watching? Are we feeling comfortable with the with where the Cowboys are at? Are we surprised by where the Cowboys are at at this point in the season? I don't think I'm too surprised at where the Cowboys are at. Uh, I mean, surprised how they got there. Yeah, I mean, if uh, going into the season, this wasn't necessarily an out of the question record. I'm just surprised that they're sitting where they are and they're two games two games behind in their own division. That's <laughs> a surprise. You have to look at the fact that my gosh. The, the 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 NFC East is just kicking everybody's butt. Now, you have to wonder, is that going to finally fade? Are the Giants going to turn out to be more hollow than we think? Uh, can the Commanders keep it up? But, you know, I think everybody's looking right now at uh, there's an excellent chance that Dallas and Philadelphia could be heading towards – the final showdown sometime in January. Well, and those um, other two teams do, uh, or those other two teams, those other three teams rather do kind of have a round table of games against one another. The, uh, yeah. the, the commanders and giants uh, will play this weekend and then they'll play again in two weeks or three weeks uh, between a bye between the two of them. So um, there definitely is opportunity for those teams to fall back. And I wouldn't put my money on the idea of seeing four NFC East teams in the playoffs, like some had suggested might be the case. But having said that, uh, surprises abound, right? In in really every place that you look in the NFC East, and that 
does include the Cowboys and even how they got here, right? We didn't necessarily think the defense was going to be the stalwart unit of the group, and it has turned out to be the most consistent. We certainly didn't think that they could weather the storm of Dak Prescott going down for a significant amount of time, and not only did they weather it, they, you know, passed it with flying colors. And, you know, in a lot of ways, too, I don't necessarily think we – thought this offense was going to be nearly as productive and capable as it has turned out to be with Dak Prescott returning. So with that, Tom, we can look forward. Cowboys take on the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night football. Cowboys uh, play-by-play analyst Babel Offenberg made an interesting observation on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Babe is, of course, the color analyst on the Cowboys radio home. He said, Whenever a Sunday night game is advertised between one team's quarterback and another team's running back, even if you know nothing about football, you take the team who's having the quarterback advertised. And, of course, for the Sunday (laughs) night football primer last week, right, it was Dak Prescott on one side for the Cowboys and Jonathan Taylor on the other for the Indianapolis Colts. And that's kind of where we start here, right, as we look ahead to the Cowboys taking on the Colts on Sunday night football. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point to bring up because I had seen people talk about the fact that they were they were looking at some other things. Stop Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are dead in the water. So that's an interesting thing. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan just hasn't been who they thought he was going to be. So what you've got is is coming in. The one thing I think that the Cowboys, the first thing I did, because I didn't look so much at questions as a kind of a to-do list. It's kind of like five things that the Cowboys can do. Most of these, they're going to win this game. Uh, and the first one is just avoid a slow start. And this is this has gotten into something kind of weird that I saw earlier in the week when I was looking at things. Dak Prescott has had, let's see, he's he's now up to, you know, he's had six starts now. Okay, is that right? Yeah. And you look at the pattern of what's happened with his starts. You know, the first start, of course, was a season opener. He did not look good. That was coming out of the offseason, preseason. So, you know, trying to get back in the group. Then he goes down for five weeks. He comes back, and just like he had a bad start against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first game, he had a bad start uh, against the Detroit Lions. Then they got going in the second half and won the game. Then they had a normal week of practice with Dak in place, and they absolutely crushed the Chicago Bears. They came out fast. They scored four touchdowns on their first four possessions of the game. Okay. Then they get the bye week. They come back against Green Bay, and things are out of sorts. They kind of get off to a bad start, and then the offense goes flat in the fourth quarter, and the defense can't hold the Packers, and they wind up losing a very disappointing game. Then they get a normal week of work with Dash Prescott, and they come out, and they absolutely crush the Minnesota Vikings. They Hmm. scored on their first seven possessions. Seven Possessions in a row, they put points on the board. Then they get the short week against the Giants, 
And they came out and were trailing at halftime because they got off to a bad start. Is this just a coincidence that the team only does really good coming off of a normal week's work or not? Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a eerie. small sample size. It's eerie yeah. that you pointed out, but that doesn't necessarily bode well with them taking on the Colts because, I mean, yes, they've had the extra rest, but it has not necessarily been a quote-unquote normal week. Yeah, and that's just that seems to be the common. I don't know. This could just be a weird statistical thing that's happened, and it's going to get blown up. I really hope it does this week. But the Cowboys really need – to come out and get on top because once they get on top, they take control of the game. And then we at home as viewers can sit back, put our feet up and just relax because there's nothing to sweat. And that's how I like to win football games. The networks may not like it. They love games. Like it happened three times in a row on Thanksgiving day where everybody had a one score game. No, I like my team to get out to about a 21 point lead and just, cruise the rest of the way but that's just me well and it feels like the cowboys do have the opportunity to do that in this game i mean not only does vegas heavily favor the cowboys opened as 11 point favorites they're now up to 12 points as we sit here talking about it on thursday and i expected to get to almost two scores by the time they kick on sunday night and there's good reason for that the indianapolis colts have been, over the last couple of years, basically built around their offensive line. You didn't know what the quarterback was going to be necessarily in Phillip Rivers, but you knew that that offensive line was going to be sour and was going to be a difficult opponent to play against. That has not been the case here in 2022. They are one of the worst in the NFL in terms of pass-blocking efficiency, ranking 29th in the league, according to Football Outsiders. They're 27th in run-blocking efficiency, according to the same website. And in addition to that, they're tied for the Chicago Bears for the most sacks allowed by any team in the NFL this season. That scenario alone, to me, plays exactly into what the Cowboys do best, because even if... Right. We have our concerns about the running game and we'll get to that in just a little bit. The Cowboys, if they pin their ears back and do what that defense seems to be built to do. Right. Which is rush the quarterback. They may not be built to stop, you know, stop the run. They may not be built to create tons of turnovers, but they are built to get after the quarterback. And Matt Ryan is probably one of the most favorable statues you'd like to go after in today's NFL. Yeah. And it's, I will say that the, for some reason when the Cowboys go into these incredibly favorable situations for rushing the passer, they usually don't put up that many sacks. It's the guys you expect to really be able to give them a challenge that they go out and get five or six sacks against. It's just another weird thing. It's just like it's you go into the game and you know if Micah Parsons gets a sack, he's going to get two. He doesn't do one. <laughs> and, you know, it just goes on. So, yeah, uh, this just, again, this looks on paper like a great matchup. The only thing I have to throw out there, so did the Packers. Football's a funny game. That's why they actually play the contest. Now, Matt Ryan ain't Aaron Rodgers, who seems capable of rearing up and just doing something fantastic in any game that he's not literally taken off the field. 
as he was in the last game, leading us to wonder just how much longer he's got to play. Although I think with his financial situation, it may be a while uh, because that's a big contract. Anyway, yeah, I think this is a great matchup for the Cowboys. And, you know, there's some other things, but there's one thing where the Cowboys have been getting their butts absolutely kicked that doesn't have a thing to do with the matchup across the line of scrimmage. And it's something I've been, I think every article I wrote this week, I hammered this point. Penalties, 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 penalties. 13 flags against the Giants. I mean, the McCarthy era. It is. And if, you know, I haven't seen any answers, you know, and, and McCarthy basically said, well, we don't want to lose our aggressiveness, our play style, and our efficiency. Okay. That says to me that he's perfectly willing to I think the Cowboys proved they were a much better team because they still won by eight points. Okay. Now what happens when you go up against the Philadelphia, maybe against the Tennessee, and then into the playoffs? All of a sudden, are you going to be able to double up the other team on penalties or even worse and still pull out a win? I don't think so. It's certainly a high-risk proposition. And the thing that is so frustrating about this is that I have absolutely no clue what's wrong and or how to fix it. You know, we can speculate, but there's no way to go out there and measure how good a job McCarthy's doing with motivating his players and coaching and everything. There's, is it him? Is it the players? I don't know what it is, but they got to do something about the penalties. And if they don't, I'm not as worried about that this game. Uh, I just want to see some improvement in this game. So maybe we can hope this doesn't happen again after the first of the year. Well, this would be the team to fix it, right? But even if they fix it for this game, it wouldn't make me feel a whole lot more confident. I have to admit going forward, because I know it can rear its ugly head, especially when they play against higher quality opponents, right? My hope is that in this game, they would feel like in an event where they were needing to create a, you know, take a penalty versus taking a chance at making a bad play that they'll say, Hey, we'll take our chance to make a bad play and fight another day. Right. And I think they have the talent to overcome whatever may come from that in this matchup. But I agree with you. This is one of those that is going to be a lingering question for the rest of the season, no matter what they do from here, because it will come up every other game or so, right? I don't think we've really seen a three-game stretch during McCarthy's time here in which they've failed to amass like six or seven penalties within a game. And to me, that's a, a fair amount, right? The The league average for a game is about that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hadn't really thought to look at what the league average is. My, my rule of thumb is if you can code it to four penalties, one a quarter, that's a good job, okay? Uh, when you start getting over that, that's when it starts really hurting you, especially if it's lopsided in the game. And the Cowboys have had some lopsided ones. So, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Now, the next thing on the little list that they need to do it goes back to something, and I have to do a mea culpa on this one because I thought this was a mistake. I thought they were going in the wrong direction. If you recall, they started talking back in the offseason about how Ezekiel Elliott and the running game were going to be the things that drove this offense. I thought that was like we're sliding back into the antediluvian era. We're going to the 60s, three yards in a cloud of dust before the passing game come up. This is a passing league, and working to the running game just does not work. Well, it turns out that this may be an NFL-wide trend. The running game seems to be much more important to more teams. Uh Some of them are doing it the traditional way. Some, like the Philadelphia Eagles, are doing it by making their quarterback a key element of the running game. But there's a lot of teams that are are running the ball very effectively. And that now includes our Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They've got a one-two punch with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard And the last game was real exciting to me because it was a game where Ezekiel Elliott took off. He had, I think, three runs that went for 15 or more yards from scrimmage. That's one of the best performances we've seen from him in a long time. And it showed that you can't stop one of the backs and just assume the other one isn't going to pick up the slack. Now you've got teams they have to worry about, well, is Zeke going to go off? Is Tony going to go off? And if they somehow manage to stop them from going off, Dak Prescott's going to probably burn you over the top. So I think the running game has turned out to be really good. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, I don't know if you're aware, but they're not, now are averaging the seventh best yards per game rushing in the league. Uh and, you know, neither Pollard or Elliott is really high individually, but the combination is really making for a, a good deal, you know, especially with Elliott having sat out a couple of games. And so, that was the thing to me, the takeaway from Elliott with this most recent game that I am most excited about. Foreman maybe, like, maybe could be convinced there's a long-term place for him here if he can look spry the way he did. And, to be honest, Tom, I think a lot of it is due to the fact that he looked rested. He looked well rested. When was the last time he was able to take 
any games off during the regular season. Last year, we saw him play through an injury basically the entire year, hamstrung by it. No pun intended. I know it wasn't a hamstring, but hamstrung by it (laughs) all season long. And, you know, this season, he actually took the time. I would argue that he took maybe an additional week that last year might not have been taken by him. Well, he took the additional week off to get right. And what did they do? Well, they all were better for it, right? Tony Pollard was able to hold it, hold it together while he was out. But they both are probably better as a result of this. And really the other factor in that running game that we just, I mean, can't speak enough of in regards to how much they've exceeded our expectations is the offensive lines play. Um, They've been excellent in the run game. They're a big factor and a big part of that. The wide receivers contributing in their own right and the tight ends as well, uh, who've, you know, all four of them basically have found a way to, to contribute in this offense on a pretty consistent basis. So that's been exciting overall from the running game aspect. And it bodes well as we go forward because running game and defense, right? It's all pretty when the elements are great, but as things get a little bit colder in the winter time and conditions worsen, right? The running game and defense abilities can play a big factor in your favor. Yeah. And that's, that's why the, the the flip side of that is that the Cowboys do need to stop Jonathan Taylor. You know, and it's encouraging because they've just gone back-to-back games against Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, and both times they held the opponents under 100 yards per game. Now, as we've kind of talked about, the the, the Indianapolis Colts kind of aren't going to go anywhere unless Jonathan Taylor can have a big day running the ball. And they stop him, and I think I, I pretty much think the offense is done. I don't think Matt Ryan is going to be able to lead this game, this team back the way he might have been a few seasons ago. I think his, he's just not at that point in his career anymore. He's seen a lot of downs, taken a lot of hits. Uh, and you know, I that just you make them one dimensional, force them to pass, and I think it's it's over, it's done on the day. So, well, I agree, uh, and not only that, like you don't even need to make them that one dimensional for that long, right? Because all you kind of need to do is hold him down long enough to allow the Cowboys to get a 10 to 14 point lead, right? And if they can do that just from a game script standpoint, they're going to be forced into playing right into the Cowboys hands. I mean, that's where, again, it feels like the only way the Cowboys really lose this game is if they give it away in terms of, you know, like horrible turnovers or some type of like freak special teams thing turns this thing on its head. Right. Uh, or Or I guess the third, which is Jonathan Taylor runs wild. No. Or the third I was going to say is, they give it away on penalties, yeah. you know, because you know you get it, you get the wrong uh, defensive pass interference calls and stuff, and you can put a team right back into a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's just I just like to uh, you might not might not have noticed I've got a little soapbox that says penalties on it that I like to <laughs> climb on frequently. Well, <laughs> I mean, for a team that's getting worse in that department, not better. 
In the last three games, they've averaged over nine penalties a game, 13 in their last contest. And I did just look it up. You know, I was way off. They're averaging seven penalties a game, seven and a half penalties a game. That is right around the worst in the league. Middle of the pack at 15 is Buffalo at 5.7. The only team worse than the Cowboys right now is Denver averaging eight penalties a game. So, yeah, it's a major concern. And, you know, of all the things you love to see about the Cowboys, right, their offensive efficiency with Dak Prescott, number one in the league, their defensive efficiency, certainly up there in a place where you could hope to contend for a Super Bowl, but where they are with penalties could derail the entire thing. It could absolutely yeah, turn it all on, all on its head. And it could do that in, in the form of a, you know, a 60-minute contest as well on Sunday night. Yeah, so I'm. I just I don't want to see it, but you know the the Cowboys they're they're in a position they can't really afford to lose, and unfortunately that that you know yeah you almost hate to say the word trap game because as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the article that we kind of used in our framework for this, they're all big games now. There's only five or six left per team. Most of the teams have six left. A few have already played that extra game and only have five left. There's not a lot of time shifting the standings. Uh, but, you know, you can't lock – you're not guaranteed. Nobody's even – the, even the Eagles with one loss on the season and ten wins – are not yet locked into the playoffs because that's how close it is in the NFL. And let's face it, the Cowboys, when they play another team, the other team gets up. It just, Doesn't it always happen? Don't most teams come out and bring their A game, uh, you know, I, Obviously, the Vikings didn't, which was one of the biggest surprises of that game, especially given the fact that they had to go on the road and do that. Uh, that seemed an anomaly, but the Packers certainly got up and played a much better game than they played before or since, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and... You know, I, I don't like I said, I don't think Matt Ryan is capable of, of picking up his team and carrying on his shoulders the way that, you know, some of the play, uh, quarterbacks can. But he's still an experienced quarterback who at one time could do that. You know, he never really broke through into the elite tier, but there were some years where, where Ryan was very, very good. And, it, you know, it would be just typical for him to come out and play head and shoulders better than he has all season and, and have his team in the in the game. The, basically, the Cowboys just can't let up. They've got to take every game seriously. They've got to stick to it one game at a yeah. time. You know, don't look past this. Yeah, That's just it. They're, they cannot look down the horizon, right? And it would be easy to do because – over the next three weeks, the Cowboys take on the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
these would be three opponents in any year that you would say, hey, like, what's coming beyond that? Because these are three W's. And what's coming beyond that is waiting for them on Christmas Eve, a date with the Philadelphia Eagles, of which we won't know the consequence until we get there, because certainly Philadelphia has an opportunity to lose over the next couple of weeks. It could be this weekend when they take on the Tennessee Titans, who have proved to be a very formidable team this season. But the Cowboys got to play the Titans as well when they look down the road. Ultimately, though, as you said, like every game the Cowboys play in which they're favored going forward, they're probably going to be heavily favored, and therefore they need to guard against a trap. They need to guard against allowing a team to think they can play with them because the teams that have been led to think they could play with the Cowboys ultimately are, have oftentimes been given a shot to beat the Cowboys. And some of them have taken that opportunity as the green Bay Packers were one of those teams that you mentioned. So, you know, I'm, I'm still looking at those other games that are going on, but I'm like you, the Cowboys need to keep the blinders on and focus on the task at hand. Thankfully, you know, they may get a little extra juice, during that before that Sunday night game, if one of those three teams winds up losing, right? I mean, obviously, one of the commanders of the Giants is going to fall back a little bit unless they wind up tying this weekend. So we'll certainly have an eye on all that stuff as the Cowboys get ready for things. Is there anything that you're looking up for this weekend that you're keeping an eye on? Obviously, someone's coming to town, Tommy, uh, sometime this week. Odell Beckham Jr. scheduled to meet with the Cowboys mm-hmm. after uh, – meeting with the New York Giants. And oh, by the way, James Washington began his 21-day return time, right? They've activated him on the roster, and they now have 21 days to bring him off the IR without it affecting their uh, roster spot here for the next 21 days. 53. And and they released Terrell Bash, uh, which you don't have to do anything to start the 21-day window for James Washington. You've got literally to the end of that window until he has to be accounted for on the 53-man roster. Uh, I'm. Are they trying to hold it just in case they sign OBJ? I, I don't know. Uh, I thought maybe this was for Tyron Smith, but then the same rules apply to him that will apply to Washington. Uh so what are they going to do with that hole? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it may be something uh, a little unexpected. I don't know. Uh, but right now, I, I think those people are out there making some assumptions that don't really reflect the rules. Uh, I, I know that uh, uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Frankly, if it was uh, Katie Drummond or uh, uh, Patrick Walker, but it was one of the two that was they keep they keep bringing up Tack McKinley's name, <laughs> so mm. you know because he's on the practice squad now, and so I, I don't know that that's a real possibility, but yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and uh, something I'm interested in. Uh, the Cowboys have been like first in scoring offense since Dak Prescott came back. If you look at the those five weeks, uh, they've just been leading the league in a whole lot of stuff offensively. They're just doing very well. Yet you know Dak hasn't had a 300-yard passing game yet. 
that's because they've had such offensive balance. Uh, you know, they're putting up 40 points and the, the quarterback doesn't throw for 300 yards. You know, he and Cooper Rush combined, but Dak still hadn't had a 300. I, I think this could be the game where he, he goes off on that. Uh, just, you know, not because they need to, but just because the plays are there, it's easy, and it's going to connect. Oh, not because they need to, just because they can. Almost yeah. a prediction, Tom, that suggests they'll be toying with the Colts by the end of things. No, 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 no. Don't play with your food. No, don't play with okay, the food. Okay, well, hey, I mean, I got to hold you to it because I, I will make a prediction. I do think the Cowboys are going to win by two scores or more. Um, I think kind of like we talked about, when the game script ultimately falls into a place where the Indianapolis Colts are forced to put the ball in the air, forced to drop back five, seven steps. And basically the Cowboys are in a position where they know exactly how the Colts are going to play it. I think that spells disaster for Indianapolis. And I know you hate picking big wins, uh, but I'm going to have the Cowboys winning big in this one. 38 to 14. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I actually put up a prediction or I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I think I said it was 3419 is what I'm looking at. So yeah, we're in the same area. Could be bad. Uh let's hope though, like we said, that they don't make it close by halftime, right? And then we can all get to bed early and enjoy our fantastic work days waiting for us on Monday morning. So with that, I'm uh Roy. He's Tom. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we'll see you next week.